Canongate Books presents The Instant by Amy Liptrot, read for you by the author. For the Heartsick Prologue February, Hunger Moon I've been getting text messages from the moon. A note flashes on my phone, asking if the moon can track my location, and I consent. I have moved to a new city, but the moon is following me around. It texts to tell me when it will be out. Through the windows of my flat in Kreuzberg, there's just a parallelogram of sky at the top of the courtyard, only a small space to catch the moon on certain clear nights. B said that people move here just so they can tell their friends back home that they're living in Berlin. B said that people moving here often feel like they've dropped several years, that they can extend their youth. The app uses my location to tell me the moon's phase, direction, distance at all times. Right now, the moon is 384,012 miles away from my hand, which is holding my phone close to my heart, as I sit at the table in the narrow kitchen of this flat with tall windows in an old-style apartment block, stinging nettles by the front door. I'm just home from work, vibrating with tiredness. The moon is waxing gibbous and is 25.2 degrees above the horizon almost due east. It rose just after midday and will set around 3am. I run a bath, consult my digital charts, then wait for the moon. My bath is next to the window and I open it wide to the cool air. I hear stray cats mewing in the stairwell magpies rattling in the bare trees, and the indistinct rumble of the city that reminds me of the wind back home. My first sight of the moon is its reflection in my opposite neighbour's window, a bulbous glow in a double-glazed mirror. Over the evening, it passes like a distant ship. I keep going back to the window, and I'm thrilled to catch its oblivious light. In the stairwell, there are political graffiti and signs. Anti-gentrification, pro-refugee, anarchist. The building used to be squatted, and there are some communal elements between the flats, shared Wi-Fi and handyman. I hear the neighbours around the courtyard, sex and arguments in various languages, someone playing the flute, a baby crying. Every 1st of May, there's a big techno party in the courtyard, it's electric around here. The internet is hectic and I go to the moon to relax, opening new browser tabs for the moon's Wikipedia page and Google Maps of its surface. I follow new lunar developments from NASA. I learnt that the moon was probably once part of the Earth, sheared off by an asteroid. B, who moved from Scotland to Tasmania, tells me that there is a different moon in the southern hemisphere. It waxes and wanes in the opposite direction. I learn that the moon is slowing down the Earth's rotation. The moon is holding on to us. I grew more aware of the moon, and in particular its effect on the tides, when I was back home on the island. Low tide at new moon is the time to dig for shellfish called spoots on the beach. And after a full moon is the time to go looking for things washed up, driftwood and treasure, at the high water line. My street and the few surrounding 
are a mix between different eras of Kreuzberg. Corner shops, Turkish bakeries, a garage selling revolution equipment, next to a sushi place, high-concept coffee shops and designer boutiques. There are clothes piled on the pavement for anyone to take for free, and there are also places selling dresses for a thousand euros. People on the internet ask questions. What is the moon made of? Why can I see the moon during the day? Why is the moon red? Can the moon be destroyed? I've been wearing long skirts and fingerless gloves, painting my nails like I used to. I've been going to parties. In the English-language bookshop, I read aloud from the Odyssey while two Norwegians played synth. I've run away, but I find the moon everywhere I go. I found a tiny pink plastic crescent in Tempelhofferfeld, a huge park in the middle of the city, right there on the footpath. In my first week in the city, I found a beautiful lunar calendar in a bookshop and I have it blue-tacked to my wall. Twice a month, at new and full moon, I await Ziggazy, the instant when the moon, earth and sun are aligned. The lunar cycles are almost all I have in my diary for the year. My future is blank, but I know what the moon will be doing. There will be 13 full moons in the coming solar calendar year. The full moons of each month and season have different traditional names. February's full moon is the hunger moon, and March's is known as the Lenten Worm or Sap Moon. These names come to us from various cultures, Native American, Celtic, Anglo-Saxon, but are all tied to the seasons and agricultural year. The moon has now passed over the courtyard and behind the buildings, but I'm looking at photographs of it online. I closed Twitter, the dating app, the eBay listings, Lunar mosaics are created by hundreds of different image frames taken through a telescopic camera, added together to create a highly detailed picture of the moon's surface, textured craters, mountains and cliffs. They are magnified, monochrome and glowing. It's February and the city is dim, but I'm madly seeking moonlight. I've been in Berlin for four months and have lived in five houses. I've been cycling over cobbles. I've been keeping my devices charged, wearing shorts I found on the pavement. I've been sitting outside Spatie's, corner shops, smoking roll-ups, drinking club mate, watching attractive and strange people on the street. I had a love affair that lasted for two nights and two afternoons. People in this town can't commit to anything, but the moon is always orbiting and the months pass relentlessly. I don't speak the language, but I know Dermond. My attachment to the moon grew during the years I've been lonely, and so did the moon's attachment to me. The moon, I tell B, is my boyfriend.